Do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Guess what they're up to now? Do tell. Their own show. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. Everyone is welcome. So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness to LGBT education, technology to advocacy. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect and learn while having fun. Pride Connection on On ACB ACB Radio Radio Mainstream. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ plus community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Pride Connection. I'm your host this evening, Anthony Corona. Uh, Some of my other co-hosts are busy preparing for our Denver Fall Social. More about that in the coming weeks. We'll be playing snippets from Denver. And we'll tell you all about the networking and finally being able to break bread and clink glasses in person. In the meantime, uh, if you are a Blind Pride International member, we will be holding our annual business meeting in November. And if you'd like to run for one of the four open board seats, your letter of intention is due by November 1st. And you can always send that to the membership email address. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Please get those letters of intention in by November 1st. There'll be a candidates forum. And I believe it's November 21st is our business meeting. But more about that on upcoming shows. I am really, really pleased to be talking with one of our newer members who did a couple of shows for us a few weeks back. Tom, Tom Babcock, welcome back to Pride Connection. Thank you. Thank you. Today, I'm uh, here to talk about something very unique uh, to the blind and visually impaired world uh, that I sort of accidentally got involved with, or I was told to get involved with. And I have brought two guests, Susan and Arlene from the Florida Sculptor Guild. And we're going to talk about their program that they created called Revision. It is an art 
gallery that is designed for visually impaired and blind people to visit, to allow your creativity to explode, your fascination to explode, and they did a wonderful job. I'd like to introduce Susan and Arlene. They are officers of the Florida Sculptors Guild. And Susan, would you like to go first? And- My name is Susan Sturman, and I'm the current president. And uh, Tom was a very happy happenstance when we ran across each other. And I originally hail from Philadelphia, New Jersey, the good old tri-state area, came down (laughs) here and have had the pleasure of being involved with the Florida Sculptors Guild for years. But I couldn't get any of this done without my wonderful sidekick and vice president, Arlene. I like how she calls me the sidekick. (laughs) Hello, Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Vice President Arlene Freiberg-Vivaldi, and I stem from New York City. Grew up in, well, actually Bronx, but I grew up in art shows and uh, museums. So art is in my blood. I come from a family of seven, and each one of us are artists in different disciplines. Moved to Florida and didn't find art very prevalent here. So to find an organization uh, was kind of tough. This uh, exhibit that we have now, Revision, is one that we've had in the past. But what makes this one unique is that it's opened up to the vision impaired. And uh, Tom was our very, very first vision impaired to go through the exhibit and give us feedback. And it was very, very useful. Uh, so, Tom, take it away. How I got involved was I was at a class at Lighthouse of Central Florida, and I got called into the vice president's office and thought I got called into the principal's office. I did something wrong, told me to sit down. I got something to ask you. And I went, uh-oh. And so he asked me, he goes, we have this new program with Sculpture House. This is what the gallery is called with the city of Castleberry, Florida. And they want to have a blind person go through the sculpture house and view all the sculptures and be videotaped and photographed as you're doing it and record it. And I said, okay, when do I have to do this? He goes, tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I said, okay. And he got Susan on the phone. That was the first time I met Susan. And she kind of explained to me what everything was about Florida Sculpture Guild and what it was about. And this is all designed for visually impaired and blind people to comfortably go to an art gallery and not feel intimidated. So we went from there. So the next day, I had an Uber show up in my driveway to drive me to Sculpture House. And Mike Walsh, who is a chief programs officer at Lighthouse of Central Florida, told them that I was very photogenic. You know, I said, that that was nice. (laughs) That's true. So I get there, not knowing where I'm going, think, and I'm going like, I'm getting anxious because what if I knock something over and break it? I have to buy it. It's like, oh no, I can't be doing that. (laughs) I walked in and there they are, Susan and Arlene. They said, oh, you are photogenic. Come on in. You must be Tom. And it started from there. And what Lighthouse did the night before, uh, Mike Walsh and a few other uh, associates with Lighthouse went over and taught them 
human mobility, the back of the arm and, you know, how to, you know, explain turning and, and they did a very good job. So I uh, got teamed up with Arlene and she uh, said, oh, you can grab my arm. I've been working out. I said, okay, let's go. This is how we became pretty good friends. And uh, what is amazing about the sculpture house is that Susan and Arlene have come up with these tiles that they put on the floor. And I call them like giant bump stops. Once you Mm -hmm. step on them and you got yourself squared in this square and you're feeling these giant bumps, you just reach out in front of you and the sculpture is right there. And they did it for all 25 uh, sculptures and uh, art exhibits. And you can touch, you can feel them, and you can spend as much time with each one as you want. And I think the fun of it was trying to figure out what each one is, represents. It lets your creativity go crazy. It was fascinating. It was educational. And then you have to, you know, then you get to kind of guess what it's made of. There's, I didn't know this, but there's several materials that uh, sculptures are made of either a singular material or a combination of materials. And it was just fascinating. And we got videotaped and we got um, some pictures and uh, they said, you can say whatever you want. Don't worry. We edit. And that's how it all started. And uh, Susan, you want to explain a little bit more about re- yes. revision? And- this is actually a reprisal of a show that we did at the Alvin Plaschuk Museum in Winter Park. It was called Sight Unseen. We always wanted to do it again. And the difference between that one and revision is that we did focus more on including people that have vision loss in actual the execution of the exhibit. So like Tom was talking about, the bumpy tile thingy, that's an Amazon. That was Arlene and our board going, you got to have something on the floor. So found the bumpy tiles. Very happy with the bumpy tiles. They're worth yes, their they weight gold, those bumpy tiles. <laughs> but the thrust of the show is that you can touch the art. That's the whole thing. Because people with vision loss, especially if they were born blind or they had reduced vision from an early age, how do they experience art? So yes, the whole entire, everybody, public, whether they're grandmothers, grandfathers, little kids, can enjoy and come in and touch the show. But somebody with a visual loss can also enjoy the show. And Tom and Arlene had, they were a match made in heaven. They had such a blast. <laughs> we did. Yes. We did. Yes, we did. Yes. Had to keep disappearing into other rooms because we were laughing, listening to what the two of them were carrying on about, which I hope they leave in and don't edit out, especially the... Uh, Goat versus giraffe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I met, and I did meet the artist of the giraffe goat. But it was, it was so funny. Let's take a couple of steps back. Are there any visually impaired artists included in the exhibition? No, and that's just uh, because it's an FSG show. And at the time, we did not have anybody that was truly visually impaired. However. We do have members that have had cataract surgery, that have glaucoma, that haven't yet got addressed that. I myself have vision loss and have to wear thick glasses. And 
everybody's a happy blur. So I, I don't see lines. It's very nice when looking at faces. Well, we do have one that just joined. Sorry, Susan. Yes. We have Libby that just uh, joined the guild. And I think that people didn't know that the vision impaired were, I don't know, sculptors, artists of all kinds. So they didn't come to the sculpture guild per se, but this exhibit, you know, sort of threw the doors open. So we expect more vision impaired artists to step forward and feel comfortable joining a group with sighted and unsighted and everyone in between and feel comfortable and embraced. And be supported. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And on that and on that note, Anthony, we are working on a project for visually impaired and blind artists. We're looking in the Tri-County area here for a art exhibit for next year. This is with Lighthouse. We already have the venue. We have the rotunda of City Hall in downtown Orlando. We are looking for blind and visually impaired artists. Yes. I put the word out to uh, GOCB, and I just haven't heard anything back yet. So if anybody would know, they can contact me or contact Lighthouse, lighthousecfl.org, and let them know we're, we're moving in that direction. And Anthony, we, we did, when a revision was starting, we did put out the word ourselves, FSG. Our contacts really weren't that good at the, that moment in time. But we did do it via Lighthouse. And there's a lot of people that are visually impaired artists that don't have the confidence to show their work. And that's something we've discussed with Lighthouse going forward. And that's, I think, why this actually what Tom just mentioned came up is that we need to nurture because for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, transportation issues, mobility issues or just not knowing or feeling not confident. It's something that needs to be, again, developed. And we're more than well, willing to do that. Um, also, Susan and Mike, I'm going to tag on here. And because we're sculptors, I always like to put the art first and then the person behind the art. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, oh, this is a piece of art from someone who's vision impaired, who has vision loss. Here's mm-hmm. a piece of art. And it's by a person with vision loss. So I always like to put the art first. We're sculptors first and foremost. And always we're artists. And, you know, put that out instead of always having to walk with that foot forward. You know, walk with your artistic side forward. Let's see how that goes. Let's see how other people, which I don't know how much of an opportunity we have to let other people feel their art or experience their art just as art. Absolutely. A very, a very good friend of mine, actually, who I met in college is a blind pianist. And um, mm-hmm. not many people actually know that she's blind, you know, mm-hmm. even within the depths of the music world, you know, mm-hmm. and her, her whole standpoint is, you know, my music speaks for itself. If someone's uh-huh. in my life, if they're, you know, if they're a part of my life, then they know my persona, but my music speak. And, and that's, so that's, that's always been a powerful, as Tom knows, I'm, and most of the listeners know I'm five years into, into blindness now. And that's always been a, a powerful motivator for me. You mentioned a few minutes earlier that revision is the second installation of this project. Can you talk us through, you know, the beginning stages of the first, I, I think you said it was sight unseen. Yeah. That was the original title for it. 
And sight unseen was, again, it was with the idea that people would come in and actual through touch experience the art. Now, the then curator director, so that people would have to guess, covered everything, not the whole show, but covered, I guess, about 10 pieces with like a black, heavy black cloth. And then you were to put your hands underneath the cloth and try and guess. There's actually a video clip out on YouTube where you know, a news person was trying to guess and he actually thought it was a crocodile and it was the head of Jesus. Okay. Very funny <laughs> because he, he, he couldn't believe how off he was, but that was how they were trying to educate the public. It, it was a, a show that built so that towards the end, there was actually 2000 people that came through the museum but they also um, really didn't promote it to the community with vision loss, uh, which is where we actually wanted to change the thrust when we did it again. And revision was like such a beautiful name and so appropriate. So that became the working title and is now the, the title of the show. Oh, I'm um, just going to ask if you've considered having sighted folks maybe alongside visually impaired folks and maybe even going that next level for some of the pieces and blindfolding them. So oh, you yeah. have, oh, yes, you have yes. a baseline yes. reaction. Yes, we have. Yes, Anthony, we have. that's what we're doing. Arlene, tell them, tell them, tell them. That's what I was going to tag on is that the experience for those who do not have vision loss, I, you know, just, we blew the door open on that. It's not enough. How about those who are sighted come in? We have blindfolds where they put the blindfolds on and they get to one of our galleries that they haven't seen and they go in and they either they're guided or they go in on their own and they're guided just the way we were trained to guide and they would have to experience the, the pieces for themselves. Now, at the end of that gallery that they're experiencing, and once they take their, their blindfolds off, uh, they can also see what they created in their minds. Now, the whole point is this is an experience for them, but this is how people with vision loss and uh, visually impaired, this is how they live. It's not an experience. So it's more inclusive. How about now you could, you could see someone with vision loss and, and feel more connected? them that was the evolution we originally started with the idea that was sight unseen that everybody could come in and touch the the art and experience it and yes people that were visually impaired could also experience art for the first time maybe or be reminded by touching then when revision opened was the idea of having it so that people in the blind community could really experience art and oh, yes, the rest of the public. Now, as we had the show open, Arlene had this idea of developing it to one more step. So that's the beauty of revision Hello. is that it evolves and people can have this experience, whether you're sighted or unsighted, and you can really get something out of the show. It's cool. It's really cool. Uh, last Sunday, I took two friends, sighted friends. Of course, they were driving. Thank God. But over to Sculpture House, and they did exactly that. They went through the gallery, and then they came back, and uh, there were two, the two of the artists were there uh, hosting, and they put blindfolds on and went back through again to see what I was going through. Then we went to dinner, and I said, well, how did that feel? 
And they said they got a whole brand new perspective of what I was going through and how, you, you know, you touch and you feel. And, you know, it was, it was pretty interesting. It, it was fascinating, their comments. And it, it, was, it was good for them, I think. That's yeah, the was- feedback we've actually gotten and gotten it more from the members uh, because we have FSG members actually um, babysit the gallery on the weekends uh, so that we could have it open as, as long as possible. And they've heard back because usually they do this with friends or family and they're like, oh my God, the, the experience they never realized, you know, they have a better understanding. And then uh, somebody said, we're blowing through those masks. We have to have more blindfolds. We have to have them because it's a neat experience to yes. offer people. What's been one of the most interesting observations that someone who has experienced it that way has given you? Actually, that they had no clue what they were touching. Absolutely no clue. They couldn't get the depth, um, you know, the because uh, she said the size. She couldn't get the size. She didn't have a clue of the material. She didn't have a clue of the shape. That was Mindy's piece she was talking about, Arlene, which actually right. is is a, a horse. And you would think with the four legs, the hair, head and tail and mane would have been maybe more of a, a giveaway. And she had no clue. No clue. Have um, the blind and visually impaired folks that have come through, have they been more observational um, using the, the, you know, the senses that have developed a little bit stronger now to compensate for the loss of vision? Have their guesses been more spot on than sighted folks who go through it with blindfolds on? Yes. For, well, let me put it to you this way. I could, you know, go to art gallery portraits hanging on the wall. Okay, you look at it. Okay, that's nice. Nice color, whatever that is. I went to this art gallery, and as soon as I started touching and feeling, and I went through, out of 25, I think I got 11 of them right. I think that's right. It was exciting, and you take your time, and no one's making you rush through this. It's mm-hmm. like you could just stand there and touch it and let your creative juices start to flow and your fascination and like what is this and this this one was a a head and and there was eyes and a larger nose and lips and that was kind of like all it was but it had very large ears and I kept feeling it and I'm thinking okay it's a man's head but he's listening and it it made sense and but yeah you really I don't know. I was just fascinated and I'm excited about the whole thing because I think more uh, visually impaired blind people need to visit the gallery, which they are next Saturday. There's a group from GOCB going and uh, it just enlightened my creativity, enlightened my fascination. And I learned about different materials that sculptures can and will be made out of. It was quite interesting, Anthony. What's one that really threw you for a loop? When they when they finally gave you the description of what it really was, what's one that actually floored you? I was standing there and I felt the you know the ears pointed ears up, and I felt the like the snout and the nose and the eyes, and I went to the top where between the ears, and there were like two little horns. And my first thought was a goat, 
And then I felt again. I said, but the horns are too small <laughs> for a goat. <laughs> and of course, the, the comment was, yes, we like bigger things. But it, then I felt again, and, I, and the ears were like large. And then I felt the back of the neck, and it, and it was a giraffe, a giraffe head. Not the whole giraffe, but the, the giraffe head. It was interesting. Now, Anthony. Yes. Okay. I'm. Li- this is Arlene and Tom having a blast with this particular one. Okay. Arlene's given Tom hints. Okay. At one point, Tom says, I know it's not a goat on stilts. Okay. <laughs> I'm behind listening with um, Laura Cosgrove from ECLAC. They're, they're the partner that actually videotaped for us. And we had a dive out because the two of them were had such a blast laughing with getting it wrong for Tom. But he wasn't that wrong. It's if you think about it, goat, it's got like that kind of long little, you know, face, the ears, the horn thingies versus a giraffe. And like Tom said, he actually met the sculptor on Sunday. And she thought, what did she say to you, Tom, when you walked in? She goes, I'm the goat artist. (laughs) (laughs) You brought your sense of humor, and that was so much fun. You were so open to exploring the artwork and also being wrong and trying to figure it out yourself. And we had so much fun uh, Mm -hmm. with Tom going through that. Let me just throw this one piece in. We also added a screen that has the artist talking about their artwork. So for each gallery and each piece, there's a number. If a guide is going to help a vision loss person get around and want to hear what the artist had to say about the piece, we have a screen that they can click on that artist or that piece from a gallery and hear from the artist's own mouth what the piece is about or how it's made. And Tom, I think you got a lot from that as well. Maybe you can give some feedback on that. Yeah, it was interesting because you got to meet uh, on that uh, touchscreen, you got to meet the artist. They do a little video and introduce themselves and they talk about their piece in the gallery and the name of it and what it is and what, and they go through it all. That was kind of cool to do it afterwards. Uh I'm really thinking, and we discussed this because someone said, well, why don't you do audio description in there? I enjoyed not doing audio description just by touching and feeling and trying to get my, you know, my head going around this. What is this thinking and creativity and fascination? I think if I had pushed a button and said had audio description, I would have been really bored. But then afterwards, you go to the touch screen and say that's sculpture number one. You hit one and that artist's video comes up and introduces themselves, tells you what their sculpture is, what it's made of, and gives you kind of a little history of it. That was really fascinating. But I think it's just go in and let your creativity go. Let your, you know, bring your sense of humor, bring your, you know, and just, you know, spend some time there. And it it was really fascinating. Anthony, that's really the way revision was developed was with the idea that it was an experience. As Arlene mentioned, we wanted to enhance the experience. So we had the audio video component now but it's really it's so that you can get your hands on the sculptures and the art and experience them and before when you asked if people that have a vision loss 
have a better success rate. Oh, hands down, no pun intended, but hands down because they are creating their world in their mind. They have to rely on their senses and they do a better job. They really do. I remember being in college and and taking an art appreciation class and hearing over and over again, art is subjective. And it's what the piece, whether it be a, a sculpture or a painting or a piece of music, whatever it be, it's what the piece evokes within the individual. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the the marriage of of the person that's viewing or touching or, you know, experiencing the art and what, you know, what their imagination brings to it almost as much as what the artist brings to it. Can you talk a, a little bit about bringing art to folks who maybe have never experienced it because thinking the visuality of what art is, is what it's supposed to be versus the experience of art? Well, we have pieces that are both abstract or what you know society would say is abstract, where there are more forms or focus more on texture. And then we do have ones that are representational. We also have ones that are combinations where it's, it's a person's shape, but then it's done in an abstract way. So that was not something we limited. Uh, we did not put that restriction, that limit on our members. It was literally the focus. And this was many, many meetings on via Zoom on texture, 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 make it interesting to touch so that somebody would want to touch it and experience it. Well, you know, Anthony, from that, I think our art as artists are more conscientious about how our artwork is viewed because not everyone has the same level of sight. What if you do experience shapes? Mm -hmm. Um, Are smaller shapes more interesting to touch? Um, You know, as artists now, we're thinking about more than one dimension to art. And it's what the art is, what the person is, is getting from it that I believe anyway, it's the most important thing. Do either of you have pieces in this installation? Yeah. Yes, she does. Yes. Arlie, you've got a piece in this. Come on. Well, here's the funny thing. Tom was talking about, and I'm telling you, he's the only person cited, not cited, that got this. He was touching my sculpture, which is the one with the big head, lips, eyes, and big ears. And the first thing he said was, oh, he has big ears so he can hear what you're saying. And in the description, uh, uh, the audio description, that's exactly what I said. He has big ears so that he can hear what you're saying. And I was just astonished that he even picked that up. I thought that was amazing. And yes, that, that's great. I do have a piece, as does Susan. How does it feel when someone experiences one of your pieces and it's completely different from your, your vision of the piece? Well, I think that almost happens most of the time. Or if you're lucky, if they catch part of what your concept was or you're jumping off point. But it's because it's subjective. Now, what's funny, because of these, all these meetings, I mean, this, this uh, particular exhibit was in process for two years. I mean, we had to start with trying to get grant monies and, you know, all sorts of things. So it's, it's been a long time developing. And 
everybody said, oh, I'm putting Braille on my sculpture. Well, mine has Braille. I'm the only one in the show. <laughs> and I really thought everybody was doing it. So like, I'm, thank God I'm not, I didn't curse. I mean, actually is the word <laughs> that it's supposed to be, but how many people get mine? Not that many. Uh, they get part of it. And that's enough for me because they get the most important. I tried to make that obvious. You know, like the giraffe goat particular <laughs> sculpture that Barbara did. That was very light and almost fun and funky. So that's why she put it in the show because it was going to be a light piece and not, you know, heavy duty. Yeah. Uh, we've got other pieces that are very, very serious or extremely tactile. You know, that was Marla with, you know, her feeling and Jean with his and, you know, Vicky with hers. They're very, very tactile. Uh, Vicky actually had crystals in hers. And yeah. people have responded by saying, oh, wow, mm -hmm. I feel energy from it. So it's it's very interesting uh, because we did such a wide variety. It's the way the Guild is. We actually have we're in all sorts of modalities and do all sorts of things. But that's the kind of thing that occurs. So whether they always get the concept, maybe not, but it doesn't matter because some usually they get part of it. So that's cool. Yeah. And I, I can speak for myself is, is I may, I may not have gotten everything right as, as the artist was presenting it, but like you've said, Anthony, everybody's individual thoughts are, you know, are their own. And my, my thought about this one piece was totally different, but, that's what I thought in my head. And that I think that allows the creativity to flow and allows like, oh, okay, well, that's an interesting thought that you thought, you know, that you in your head thought this was what this was. And uh, it, it is interesting. Art is individual. I mean, you may not like something over there, but I do. I like this over there. Or you may like, you might like this music, you know, like you said, when it's music, art, uh, portraits, whatever. But it's, it's an individual thing, but it's just... Uh, fascinating to touch art and it got me excited about art full disclosure tom um gabriel <laughs> and myself are our personal friends where we just vibe we click we get each other and the the thing that i noticed you know when you when you started talking was was this vivid excitement this tangible feeling of like i experienced something i thought i wouldn't be able to experience again because of my, my sight loss but then all these ideas were flowing and I could feel the inspiration coming from you. Do you want to speak a little bit about that, especially the piece of experiencing art after having thought that that door was closed for you from, from your sight loss? I never thought I'd go to an art gallery. Uh, never thought I'd do it again. Or in my life, I've traveled to Paris, went to the Louvre and stood there. And, oh, there's the Mona Lisa. That's exciting. Okay, let's move on never was really like into it. Or if I see something, oh, that's real pretty. I like those colors or whatever, when I could see. Now I walked in there and like I said, I was anxious, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why they picked me to go to an art gallery, except for that I'm photogenic, I guess. Once it started, it just started to come over me. Like I'm into this. I like this. I'm, Where's the next one? Where can I touch the next one? And then the artist, well, what do you think it's made out of? And I would tap, you could tap on it, you could feel it again. And it just got 
my fascination going. And I thought, I never thought I would do this. And it's, I want more people to come and enjoy this that are blind and visually impaired to experience the excitement I got out of it. It is fascinating. I just never thought I would do it. And now here I am, and I'm involved with these two. And they think we're the three Musketeers now in the art world. <laughs> <laughs> They're not wrong. Yeah. Anthony, I think you and Gabriel would really enjoy this gallery. I mean, if you, you know, I know you're in Miami, but um, that brings up another point, ladies. We are thinking of, after this show, it's over moving it to Miami and uh, work with Lighthouse of Miami. And, and, and it's nice because Lighthouse here in Central Florida has been a big part of this to put it together and sponsor it. And uh, Mike Walsh has been very involved with Susan and coordinating all this stuff and it's been very nice but yeah anthony it's exciting i know you guys i know both of you would enjoy this and have a good time at it and you don't have to hurry through you don't have, no one's pushing you no one's asking you to do it. just enjoy touching the art and you can move around well i know you anthony can move around he can get anywhere he's great mobility person <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's my hero. If he can walk through New York City, you know, he can walk anywhere. <laughs> and not get mugged. Yeah. That's a t- yeah. 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 He's, you know, the old the old New York, New York, Frank Sinatra, if you can make it there and, you know, add on blindness. Yeah. yeah. If you can oh make it there, God. you can make it anywhere. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody, I think everybody at BPI knows I'm about a year behind Anthony. Four years and, uh, but Anthony is, well, Anthony's very smart and uh, You'll very, get there. You'll yeah, get there. I'm getting there. But if I hadn't met Anthony and Gabriel, I, I, I would still be in a little shell. But this is exciting. And I wanted to share this with both of you and BPI. It's running through the end, end of December. Is that correct? Yes. And if anybody is coming to the Orlando area, they can contact me. I'll be glad to go with you. Uh, I've been three times. i got interviewed by npr like little Mm -hmm. danny that's coming out in november i got an interview by a local seminole county magazine about exactly what we're talking about how does it feel being a blind person touching art and how does it feel being there and you know what how do you feel about it and talking about blindness losing your sight later in life and uh doing things that are creative and exciting and it was it was quite interesting but uh, I want everybody to, everybody that's visually impaired and blind, especially if you total got total sight loss, you will have a great time. And the people there, the artists, these are established artists. They're not starving artists. These are uh, artists that are doing okay. Um, well, we've got some that are babies. We've yeah. got the emerging artists, the newbies. But, but there will there'll be always someone there. But they're still professional. There. Yeah, they're, they're still professional. professional. Right. Arlene's got it. Yeah. There, uh, there's someone there that will help you, you know, be your human mobility. Or if you want to go walk by yourself, just step on the giant buck stops and you're right there <laughs> in front of a sculpture. And just, and there's a couple different rooms you can go into. So it's, it's a nice open floor plan with different mm-hmm. rooms. It was an old, old, old house. And just as so everybody knows, you can go to the city of Castleberry, go to the park and recreation department website and you can and revision is on there and you can uh-huh. read about it but it's part of the park system and it's surrounded by three beautiful walking parks and like all the benches have like tile on them you know and just 
different colors and different things. It, so it, it, they made a really fascinating whole art park, really. Mm-hmm. With sculptures. And, and one last thing about the exhibit is, sure, bring your sense of humor. There's <laughs> absolutely no judgment. Everything is, yeah. is nailed down as secure. We may never get those pieces up. Um, <laughs> yes. Susan glued them down, so I wouldn't knock them over. Or they glued them. Oh, my God, they're so down. So you can bump into something, and it frees you not to have to worry about, I'm going to break something, I'm going to knock something over. So just enjoy. Yes, and I just have to say the one uh, hanging artist I met uh, that Saturday that we were there with the sand. Yes. And and I started getting three footprints in the sand, I finally figured out what the rough part was, but it's uh, uh, he's titled "You'll Never Walk Alone," and it nice. was, yeah, it was really nice. It was really yeah, uh-huh. it, it was kind of uh, it was a little bit moving. Yeah, it was nice, uh-huh. but individually, Anthony, you're going to feel maybe different about one that maybe I have a different idea about it. But it, that's the fun part of it. That's the fascinating uh-huh. part of it. That's the creative part of it. Yeah, I would imagine going through as a group and and getting all you know our varying perspectives and and um, impressions would be a lot of fun. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a goat! It's a giraffe! No, what are you kidding? It's an elephant! Are you kidding? Yeah. It's a mouse! Yeah. <laughs> and some of these are uh, you know as tall as you, Anthony. With this uh, one uh, artist I met on Sunday, he does everything out of wood. He uses like chainsaws and chisels and he carved this huge thing out of mahogany and it was just beautiful just to heavy touch sucker it. heavy 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 yeah so it's just it, it, all kinds of different different things but it's 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 exciting that's all i have to say about it <laughs> and even the things that are uh anthony there are wall pieces that are up on the wall we made sure these things can't come down I mean, they're cushioned because they're sort of hung like paintings and paintings can sometimes have some play and movement. We didn't want that. So, I mean, I found this lovely double-sided gel tape. That's there. We have styrofoam. So you can literally whack your hands onto this and feel the piece and it's not moving. Nice. That's yeah. why Arlene said we're never getting them down. We're either not no, getting them up. show may be there next year. We don't know. <laughs> Earlier on, you also had said that you ladies had done some um, mobility training to get an idea of how to deal with folks that were going to be coming through the installation. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Susan? Well, just because Mike Walsh and I have this, let's torture each other with ideas and concepts. When he was looking for a a person to volunteer to lead around, that was me. (laughs) I said it had to be. So... I held on to Mike's arm, but he did a whole intro. He had a pamphlet to hand out that was six pages. Uh, We had um, our administrative assistant slash secretary, Louise Berman, actually videotaped this so that we could, you know, have our members watch this that couldn't attend. And I held on to Mike's arm and he showed people how to maneuver through our exhibit. I only bounced off a doorway once, which he apologized for, um, but <laughs> that was okay. It was a learning experience for both of us. He thought he had tucked me behind him, and I wasn't as tucked as I should have been. Uh, it also <laughs> demonstrated how 
uh, to maneuver through doorways, through doors that open and close, uh, how to help if somebody wants to sit down. It was extremely informative. Uh, he had question and answers, and we videotaped the whole thing. Yeah. So believe it or not, any member of FSG that has been sitting the gallery has watched this videotape. We also have made it available for Castlebury because some of their Parks and Recs employees want to be educated on how to do this. And I'm amazed and thrilled and pleased as punch that our members have, you know, in some instances, they've said they've watched it three and four times because they wanted to get some nuance. And then they will email a question. Well, what exactly uh, do you do? And what I was impressed with was how I could feel the change in what Mike was going to do or doing from his muscles, from the grip that I had on his arm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So and, that was. And, and what's wonderful. really nice is that uh, the uh, sculpture house is a, is a fairly new. It's a new gallery, right? Is that correct? Yes. It? And it's and a rancher, it, so there's no steps. Yes, there's no steps. It's very accessible to walk in the door. But if there is a park representative from the city of Casperry, they have learned human mobility also to help to escort you in to the door if you need it. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. very accessible, and they've done a you know. Everybody seemed to know what they they were doing when I was there, especially that Arlene. Because she worked for the left and right business. Yeah. You know, (laughs) Tom didn't know his his left from his right. (laughs) I know that very well. He knows that very well. I was at their house and walked into Walmart. Yeah, he does, but his guide was challenged. But (laughs) that's why um, I said, bring your sense of humor because, you know, we've been trained, but. Nobody's perfect. You know, yeah, no one's perfect. Yeah. And there are little things like, you know, there's the door. What was very helpful was, um, and, and Tom could speak to this more, but because the, the house is older, it has narrow doors. And the hallways are sometimes, you know, not a lot of space for the hallways. So there's a couple of galleries that are sort of right on top of each other. I don't know if it's helpful before you go in to say, and immediate left, there's a doorway. Right in front of you, there's a doorway. So um, not a lot of navigating, but, you know, we're individuals and I guess we approach it differently, but we have the same understanding of what to do. Yeah, Arlene, you did a good job. I definitely want to suggest that you guys think about applying for a grant to do a documentary about the whole experience. Oh, that'd be a great idea. In my brain, I'm thinking to myself, you know, how could we even do a, you know, a smaller version of this? And bring it out to our national convention in Omaha this coming summer. But either way, a documentary a documentary would would be great for our community and great for you know the American community at large because there's not enough representation out yeah. there for what what it takes. I always tell folks that ask me everything that we do every day. What takes you one or two steps takes right. us at least five steps. We've mm-hmm. got to think it. We've got to plan it, then we've got to execute it. And we've got to make sure that while we're executing it, we're not making any mistakes. And we've got to recover from those mistakes if we do make them, you know, relatively quickly and, you know, safely. So, you know, every little task is five, six, seven, ten steps more for our community. So a documentary would be great. 
is there a website that they can go and, and um, experience at least some of this? Um, yes. Website is Florida Sculptors Guild dot org and that's florida sculptors s-u-c-l-p-t-o-r-s guild.org and you can on the main menu is revision and that's where we have where you click on the different galleries and you'll get the artist in the galleries so you can hear a bit about it you can have a look at their work and um, that's one way to experience it yes and the reason why I wanted Arlene to speak to it, because this is her baby. She's the one <laughs> I helped, but it, yeah. this was her baby. She blood, sweat, and tears yeah. to put this together. And there was a couple of people that we knew that were actually hospitalized for various and sundry reasons. And I told them to do this. If you can't come to Castleberry and actually experience the show by touching yourself for whatever reason you know, mobility issues, or you're too far, you don't want to do it. You can go and experience it this way. You're going to get something. You'll get a snippet. You'll get some something of interest that you're going to hear. And everyone is the sculptor talking about their piece. And we didn't script this. People were like, oh, you should give a script. I said, oh, heck no. No, no, no. Whatever you want to develop. And uh, awesome. we did. They did yeah. have to keep it around a minute. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was <laughs> so I want to. I want to ask the three of you, and we'll go backwards: Arlene, Susan, and then Tom. Overall, the, the entire experience. What does it mean to you? And and what do you hope it means for you know the future of art and visually impaired folks? Oh, that's Arlene? a good question. Yes, my sister is visually impaired. Uh, she's legally blind. And she's an amazing artist. She does really, really small things. What I hope this does for the public at large, I'm really interested in the seeing public because they don't realize, I believe, um, or at least what I've witnessed from my sister, they don't realize, you know, as you said, it takes five steps. And if you're just moving along in your life and you don't you don't even see that someone might have a challenge. You just go over it. You don't have that problem and you just don't think about it. So having sighted people experience this kind of exhibit, I, I really enjoyed seeing them sort of get frustrated and fight their way through it. Because like yeah. I said, they could take their blindfolds off and that's the end of their quote experience. But, you know, people live this way. So now you can start being a little more empathetic and understand a little bit more about their life. Nice. Susan? Um, where I think revision actually should go in the future to some degree and how it works with the art community, we had COVID to take consideration. Luckily, we were at a point in time running it from September through December that it was a little bit better. But revision really was set up so that, again, agreeing with Arlene, the sighted public to come in and experience. And I wanted kids. I wanted schools. I wanted yeah. to be bus trips. Because maybe you can educate some adults, but if you get a young mind, and you know, even if they're 
they're little, real little, it becomes part of them and their psyche. The other thing would be I would like to have people with visual impairments feel comfortable enough that they could participate in a sculpture show like this. And that would be way cool to do. And, you know, we'll see what we develop in the future. Revision, also, we have two municipalities that are interested in actually hosting. This was originally, again, developed with the idea that it could be a traveling show, that it could move from place to place. Because... I would definitely like to help bring it to Miami for sure. And if there is yes. any way even to scale it down to bring some of the pieces out to Omaha for our national convention, I think that would be incredible. But Tom, how about you? What, um, what has this experience meant to you? And, and what do you think about the future of Revision and, and other installations like this? Well, I think it kind of ties in with the get up and get keep moving uh, <laughs> from you know the ACB and all that. Uh, get up. You can go. You don't have to sit on your couch anymore because you're blind and you're depressed. You know, get up, get out. Let's go see. Let's go to this sculpture gallery and have fun. It was, you know, like I said, it was uh, fascinating, creative, educational. I've learned, you know, all kinds of things about art galleries now. I'd like to see it be mobile, go to different cities and host them. Continue probably to work with Lighthouse. It is just you just realize and anthony you know as well as i do when you you know you lose your sight you're you're depressed you're angry you're not but you know when you come out of it and you go you know get some education and everything you don't think there's you know you can go to the movie theater okay but let's go to this art gallery let's let's do something different just like when Mm -hmm. i got on a tandem bike i tell people i go bike riding they go how do you do that Mm -hmm. or uh, get on a train in Orlando and go to Miami by yourself. <laughs> you, know, <it's> like, <laughs> you know, but I did it. But this, I hope, will in get people excited, blind, visually impaired, and blind in our world to get up and do things and support this. I think it was very, very important, and it doesn't cost a thing to go to the gallery here in Orlando in Castleberry. It's just exciting. It's exciting, mm-hmm. and it's it's something that was made. For our community, and as I told some of the artists in, in some of the interviews, some of our, our blind societies, some, a lot of times we are pushed aside. They don't think we can handle this. Yeah, we can handle just about anything anybody else can. And stand up and be proud of who we are. And that we're out there doing this. And if they, have, if they are an artist, join in. Uh-huh. join in. You have a place now to display your art or your sculptures or, you know, that's what it meant to me. And that's where I see it one to go to travel and show other communities that uh, the blind community can do things. Can you give us the website again? And um, do you accept donations? <laughs> oh, we're never going to say no to money. <laughs> <laughs> starving artists. Remember starving artists? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's on the website, in fact, on the front page or every page. We accept donations of any size. Mm -hmm. Um, You can send us a a check. It's easier to just donate, honestly, online, because who has stamps? I don't know. I can't find any stamps. And you can, we can take, um, I think, almost any, yeah, any amount. It's on the yeah. website. 
And I forgot the second question you asked. What is Should the give list? us the website again. Florida Sculptors Guild. Dot org. <laughs> Florida Sculptors Guild. Dot org. And it's sculptors like like humans, not sculpture like items. Yeah. T O R S. Well, Susan, Arlene, I want to thank you so much for coming to Pride Connection. And if you guys find a way to take this on the road, please come back and we'll talk about it again. Tom, you always bring us interesting stuff. You know, you and I will talk later on today. <laughs> but thank you so much for yeah. bringing these fabulous ladies and this fabulous experience to us. Oh, you're welcome. And, um, I, I knew you would be excited about it. I knew. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, like the lady said, if you can't make it to Florida, you can still experience it by checking out the website. And I think it's an incredible installation to put out there, both for our community, but more importantly, for the American community, the Florida community at large to get a moment, an hour, two hours, however long it takes you to get through the installation, living in our world for a little while. And, and hopefully it will raise a little bit of empathy. Ladies, right. thank you so much for coming to Pride Connection. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anthony. And it's a .org. It's a .org. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and revision. Thank you for listening to the show. We'd like to invite you to send any comments, questions, or just join our conversation. Email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And join our conversation. You've been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Please check us out at blindlgbtpride.org.